Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. One of these things we just talked about a second ago, so we can kind of buzz right through it, but... Uh, Sam Pittman? No. Okay. Uh, number five uh, uh, here on Top 5 Monday Thoughts. What is Texas without Quinn Ewers? Uh, that is... Um, Going to be an interesting thing as they move forward through the next few weeks, uh, which I assume this is probably going to be two or three games because shoulder injuries don't just kind of go away, especially when you, you know, it, your shoulder is pretty important if you're the quarterback and has to throw the ball. What is, what is Malik Murphy? What is the offense? Who, the opponents that he does face, how many chances do they take? How does Steve Sarkeesian use, use his athleticism? Uh, these are all big questions. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to see them on hand against BYU on Saturday. Uh, we'll see. I think that game's there at home the next two weeks. So that's also pretty fortunate for Malik Murphy as well. Yeah. Can he play in the secondary too? Yeah. Uh, can we get him some more yeah, athletes Jalen Catalan's gone too, right? Yeah, he's been gone. Yeah, but yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, but... Um, but not coming back either, yeah. Oh, not coming back, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been dinged, which is the story of his career, really. Yeah, and that was always the, the fear yeah. when they brought him in was like, man, the potential is out of this world, but can he stay healthy because he couldn't at Arkansas, and now he can again, and that's... I really hate that for him. It's unfortunate, but... Yeah, I mean, yours took that big pop, man, trying to, you know, anytime you see a quarterback running the football, you always kind of worry a little bit. And sure enough, he tried to get big, and, and he got leveled. And I think Sark said afterwards, I need to go back and listen, but he tried to indicate he was on a different play or something. I'm like, that's pretty clear where it looked like he got his shoulder injured is when he went head or, you know, shoulder man, to shoulder with the defender. I tell you what, that was that not a collision where yeah. neither, but, neither body moved? But I thought I read earlier that Sark tried to say it was another play, but I'm like, I don't think so. I think it was that one right there. Paxton saying, it happened on a sack okay maybe he, maybe he was landed on and then that sure. happened and that yeah just maybe if there was well, a rib that was detached maybe that's what did it I well that set it up or set it off that that hit had to have mattered some in some regard but uh however it happened yeah that's that's unfortunate and uh yeah we get to see malik murphy now a lot of people have you know high hopes for him and arch will be one play away if need be as well uh you hope it doesn't come to that if you're ut though but yeah, this makes it uh, you know a very interesting couple of weeks, if not longer. That's the thing, too, is we don't know how long he'll be out, but it does seem like at least a couple of games. So, yeah, it's the Malik Murphy show, and that's that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's not season-ending, but they're, I mean, they're still, you know, like what season does that mean? I think what sometimes this can do is make your team with all the guys you have around to make them even more locked in and focused. Uh, they'll be fine. But it won't be easy. No, but I mean, look, you, you, the the schedule's also not as easy as everybody thought it was three weeks ago either. No, right. no um, you're right. So that's true. Well, the BYU game is is that'd be more interesting in Provo, but yeah. you know they're feisty and they they got a big win. And uh, K State obviously is looking pretty tough right now. TCU, eh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Iowa State's in Ames in yeah. a few weeks. That'll be good. And then Tech by the end of the year. I mean, who knows? And, and then you start to have like really bad weather that kind of comes in the mix that could also affect it. You know, Midwest, North, whatever. Yeah, like Even Iowa. Iowa State in three weeks, yeah. and, it, and it could be just cold. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, number four, 
What is, how does Dabo, Dabo respond to 2023? Like, I, like, they've got three losses now, so, you know, they're just jockeying for position, and, and maybe maybe they can get a, a dub over North Carolina, although with the playmakers that North Carolina has and the way that they just lost, I, I, I pity their next couple of opponents because they, they've got to try to get back in the race, uh, and they're up against it right now. So how does he respond? Does he, does he make those necessary changes? And here's the other thing. Um, you know, Garrett Riley was really sought after, and they went and got him. What does Garrett Riley do after this? Does he go somewhere, you know, maybe riding off the high? Like, could he be a, like a one-year hired gun, and then he leaves, and then Dabo's oh, you, kind of back to square one Are you telling me that, that Dabo will ask him to leave? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that, like, if you're Garrett Riley and this didn't work out the way you thought it would, because I, I, I do think part of this was you go be the OC at Clemson after what you did at TCU, then – if you helped Clemson get back to the mountaintop, then your phone's ringing for head coaching jobs. But right now, and really, yeah. I don't think it's through any fault of his own, but that offense just doesn't hit. I mean, well, he didn't bring in those players. Yeah, but I mean, like, they didn't have the players I think he thought he was going to go in and have. Would you take most of their players if you were 90 other schools in college football? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the only position, like, here's the other thing that's really sad for Clemson. The only position they're deficient at is wide receiver. Cornerback, great. Linebacker, they have two guys that are first-round picks. Defensive line, four NFL guys. Offensive line, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his, I don't know about his head coaching opportunities this offseason because his stock was way hotter last year. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always a possibility, and, and who the heck knows. But, I mean, before they even get to North Carolina, they got Notre Dame in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, so they've got both of those games still lined up. And, you know, you don't really worry too much about, like, Georgia Tech, I don't think, at this point. But, you know, th there are, you know, at least a couple, if not, you know, three or four opportunities in these last five games where if they're not careful, they could they could slip up. Um you know, so including uh, South Carolina at the the end of the year, even if the Gamecocks aren't the, the mightiest team in the world either. But, yeah, Notre Dame in a couple weeks and then uh, and UNC a couple weeks after that. So they're going to have to be careful to avoid like a 7-5-ish and five -ish type of season, which, you know, given all of the circumstances and just expectations would be a brutal uh, finish. But they're, they're right there on the cusp of it. Number three. What do we make of Washington scare? Is this a, I mean, the, the Arizona schools really put a charge into, into Washington. 15 to 7, uh, you probably didn't see it because it was at 1.30 in the morning uh, if you were not on the West Coast. But Michael Penix had a really, you know, kind of a blah game. It was 15 to 7. They won, they essentially won the game at a pick six. Uh, and Arizona State, who's, who's not, you know, near the top of the, of the Pac-12, pushed them to the limit. Do you guys take anything from this, or is this their scare? I sort of just took it as their scare. Um, yeah, I, I do think that you've got to be able to run the ball a bit better. Uh, overall, they, like, just when you rely as much as you do on Penix in the passing game, I do worry about it as a team in general like that. But I took this as a scare, um, you know, uh, I'm sure there's other evaluations or, or reviews of it that we're probably going to dive a bit deeper, but that's sort of how I took this one. But it de definitely had you like, uh-oh, what's what's going on here after that big win last week? I, I just think that it's hard to win. I, I, I we, we are so we're almost like okay, Washington's going to go unbeaten. Oregon, not everybody is. Someone's going to lose. Oklahoma. Uh, it, I, it's just we we look like there's going to be seven teams that end up unbeaten, and there might be one, might be one by the end of the year. And even if somebody in the Pac-12 like looks like they're going to run the table and beat all the teams that are really, really good too, someone like Arizona or Arizona State's going to pop them. What do you think, Paul? Uh, I, I mean, I just thought, I think it was their hangover game. I mean, they had that big, gigantic win. Uh, but, you know, it, it bears watching. Although, if you look at everybody but Michigan, 
everybody but Michigan in the top 10 or so uh, that's, that's a contender has had a scare or two. They've had two. I mean, Arizona was a scare. Arizona State was a scare. Um, you know, Ohio State. Now, granted, their two scares have been against Notre Dame and Penn State, but scares nonetheless. Washington's last three games, they've won by 18 points, including yeah. the eight. Yeah, well, that was super – I mean, yeah. they needed like a pick six late, yeah. and they, they, they got very – fortunate that that game turned out the way that it did um, that's what happens when you run into future big 12 juggernaut arizona state though and uh yeah. <laughs> kenny dillingham and company you know what those new big you 12 you, schools are starting to, i mean yeah. like utah's been doing their thing but arizona arizona state are, are getting better and and showing signs and um did you and who am i missing dillingham? here uh who's the fourth team utah arizona colorado, uh, colorado and colorado yeah. i mean they're they're just sort of they had their bye week, and now I, you know, I think that they're trying to ramp it back up and finish strong. But um, they obviously were the toast of the town. So you know, as much as that was all pooed on at the time of like, well, those programs like the Arizona schools have actually had some good moments this year, and you know, uh, I'm interested to see how they can kind of carry that over. Uh, yeah. Gillian Hammond said a comment: If you're a 300 pound kid walking on campus, we need you. Did you <laughs> yeah, hear I mean, about that? Because they've had so many injuries. They're one in six, so don't yeah. don't let me get those yeah. comments blown out of proportion. But I do think you see signs on occasion. You're like, all right, I can see where this yeah. is going number two what do we make of OU scare i'm very curious in your thoughts on this one craig uh i um, again this was for texas and oklahoma and washington uh, in particular these were all games right after the big gigantic rivalry game and texas's big you know disappointment at the end oklahoma's big uh, you know announcement to the nation of of them being on the scene again and washington with that so some of this i think is a little bit of trap game-ish things where yeah, you, you know, know you're, you're coming back down uh, off and off the bye, but UCF with John Rice Plumley is kind of a different animal. No, they are. Let's give and, them credit because they played yeah. really well from start to finish. And I, I've, we're here. We're kind of making excuses for some of these teams that barely won, but it's hard to win. I just think that there's a lot more parity in college football than sometimes we realize. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma jumped out to an early lead and looked like it was going to be the game you kind of expected it to be. And I just think a poor execution in a lot of ways is what doomed them. Some missed opportunities. You allow UCF to have hope. You allow them to make a couple plays and feel like they're right in it. And next thing you know, you're in a fight. You weren't necessarily expecting to be in. So I do think it was a little bit of, you know, just – um, I guess let down if you will, but I just think that UCF took advantage of the opportunities that OU gave them and uh, and gave them a scare, no doubt about it, but I, I don't fear – like there's nothing about that game where I'm like, oh, man, they exposed this or, you know, they yeah. – um, There were some guys running free again. That's what, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it's also UCF coming off of a bye week and yeah. it's Gus Malzahn who's throwing all sorts of weird stuff at you and trickery and things like that. And so it's not the easiest team to also prepare for. But I think the defense still played, you know, and showed that it, it can bow up and, and make stops. And so – um, yeah, I think that was a game where just left the door cracked open and could have shut it maybe a little bit earlier. And when you didn't do that, it, it opened the floodgates and you found yourself in a bit of trouble. You're in a track meet. Yeah. And number one, what is the future for USC? Uh, like, I, th- that was, I mean, that's the about fourth disappointing game in a row for them and the second loss in a row. And,. Every single one of them has the the same kind of thing is that they're not tough enough to hold leads. Um, they uh, aren't good enough to, to, to jump out on some of these teams or they've got to come back. It's 
Um, for a team that was supposed to be in the CFP discussion, they look so far away from that. And having the best player overall in the country, too, really makes it sting a lot more. And then Lincoln Riley with not letting the players talk. This is yeah, that was childish. That was this such high all, school. All was, bad stuff. Notre really, Dame, right? Utah, 21-14. They still have numbers 5, 8, and 23 on their schedule the rest yeah, of the way. I want to go back to Oklahoma for a second. There are a couple things that still worry me. Um and that's the run game. Yeah. Um, the fact that you couldn't run better than you did against uh, UCF, uh, just in general, I just I wonder about the run game and how consistent it can be. And you got to make field goals. And and that was something that also that was a part of their their mistakes early on in that game. But uh, moving on to USC, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think a couple more losses are probably on their plate. At least one more loss is on their plate. And beyond that, uh, Lincoln Riley getting rumored for NFL jobs is probably uh, on the 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 menu as well. Um, but yeah, that was not a good look on Saturday night and, and they were going to win that game. I mean, they, they found a way to come back and, and nearly win that game. And then the bear Alexander penalty happens. And that just, I could not believe that I could not. Be- and he's sitting there on the sideline crying and I feel for the guy, but at the same time, I'm like, that was just such a dumb penalty. Yep. Like that was inexcusably dumb. Um, but if not for that, then we're talking about them winning. So like they're towing that line of, yeah, it seems all bad. And it's obviously bad when you've knocked yourself out of the playoff with your second loss, but you were this close to that being a massive win, right? So they're still going to be plenty dangerous, but yeah, their their hopes are, for the most part, the big ones dashed, and you just wonder about Lincoln Riley and and where his head's at. What's he going to do? Quit? Uh, Go to the NFL? Caleb Williams going to quit? Uh, you no, know, I, I mean, don't think so, I, I I know that those are some of the responses, and and if college football gets to a point where right now I get players maybe skipping a bowl game, even though that's taken hard for me, just old school. But I, I, I know, like, NIL and Transfer Portal, things are new. If we get to a point now where players start shutting it down midway through the year because they can't win a Heisman Trophy or a national championship, I, I don't know if I, I, that's going to that's gonna be hard for me to fathom. That's going to be hard for me to deal with. And I know, yeah, Emmett, get off my lawn. Talk. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.